Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanksgiving for what? That is what many are probably thinking this Thanksgiving. The last six to eight months have been anything but something to be thankful for. People have lost not only jobs, but entire businesses. Families have been unable to see loved ones in nursing homes and hospitals, some even as they have died. In reading news reports, we see pictures of temporary morgues still set up in places like New York City, partly because people don't have the money for funerals, small as they might be. Even some in our own congregation have had funerals for loved ones where they were unable to gather as many together as would normally be possible. Then there's the turmoil of race relations, Black Lives Matter, efforts to defund police in some places, and a political season that, uh, for the presidential elections that seems unprecedented in the level of divide that is created in our country. Thanksgiving for what, you may be thinking. My kids were home from school for close to three months at the end of last school year. I could not go to work. The internet at home was slow as molasses on a January day, making it impossible for anyone to work from, from home. I haven't been at a sporting event or the symphony in what seems like a year. My dentist is backlogged for four months, and telehealth visits, if you've ever had one, are really a nightmare when you need to be seen. And yeah, if you got a vacation, what can you do once you're there? Isolate for 14 days? Thanksgiving for what? Imagine having leprosy like the ten men in the account of Jesus' life on earth and his journey to Jerusalem. You are unclean. You have to isolate, possibly for years, possibly even the rest of your life. You can't go to your workplace or even go home for fear of coming into contact with others, giving them your disease. You don't have to wear a face mask, but you come close. You must walk around with your hand over your mouth saying, unclean, unclean, to warn those around you of your condition, a condition they do not want to contract. You can't enter the church and worship. You are unclean and separated from God and his people from the one place where you could go to make sacrifice for your sins and be forgiven. You're an outcast. Enter Jesus, God incarnate, who has entered into creation to show God's mercy to a world that is diseased and full of sin. In this case, ten are cleansed of leprosy simply by their hearing his words and in faith doing what he has told them. Go show yourselves to the priest. They went to do so, and as they go, they are cleansed. What a miraculous thing. Imagine having leprosy and looking down at your bare feet and your toes that have been almost gone or healed and returned. I can't imagine Jesus healing in any less way. That was the problem with leprosy. It was the manifestation of death in the body, even while you were still alive. It was the death it was the death part that made one unclean. Just as touching a dead body would make one unclean, a person with leprosy carried death around with them. They carried it everywhere as the disease attacked their flesh. No thanks to give for that, I'm sure. What leprosy and other various diseases did, through, did though, was cause people to seek out Jesus. 
They sought him for mercy and healing of their bodies, to have demons driven out of them, to give them sight and hearing, to save them from the ills of this life. This is what the ten lepers received when they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus had mercy on them. He healed them all, but only one returned to give thanks to God in the flesh who had healed him, and he was a Samaritan, a Jewish half-breed with Assyrian roots along with Jewish ones. Samaritans were people that the disciples could not understand Jesus even talking to. Think of the Samaritan woman at the well that was living a life of adultery, a life that Jesus made it a point to engage and to save. It is always Jesus' intent to save. Jesus asked the man, we're not ten cleansed, where are the other nine? There was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. What a remarkable thing to say. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. They were all made well, healed of leprosy. But this one, his faith had made him well. It had made him whole, not just in his body, but in his position before God. His sins had been forgiven, making him well with God. His faith had cried out for mercy, and he received it in spades as he was given eyes to see who was in the flesh standing before him. God Almighty was present, and he gave thanks. Can you imagine the thanksgiving when he returned from home, healed of the isolating disease he had suffered? It must have been a, my son, your brother, was dead and is now alive moment, like that when the father of the prodigal son saw him returning home and celebrated with feasting and joy. There was rejoicing at the salvation of this sinful Samaritan. This is the joy of God and all the angels when a sinner is saved and given new life in Christ. This is the joy of all the hosts in heaven as they are gathered around the throne of God, praising the Lamb. And this is what we give thanks for, for our salvation, for being healed of the sickness and death of sin that clings to us in this life, all our earthly lives, we drag it around in our bodies like lepers with dead flesh hanging off of us. It is God who gives us faith that makes us well. It is wellness that cannot be measured on this side of creation. There is not a stress test or a lab value that can be correlated with this wellness that Jesus gives as he has mercy on us, dying for our sins. It is a healing that is not visible like the healing of an infection or the mending of a broken bone. Yet we give, thanks for what, we give thanks for it when we see its fruit, when we see infants baptized, when we have new members join us, when the faithful are married in God's house, when our youth confess their faith in confirmation, and when we hear God's word and receive his sacrament. The world could be crumbling apart around us, and at times it seems it may be so. Look at the last few months. But even so, we give thanks for the things eternal, for Heavenly Father that loves us, cares for us on this side of creation, and forgives us and heals us of our sinful condition that can no longer bring eternal death. God in Christ Jesus makes us well and gives us everlasting life where the cares of this world and its troubles will be no more. The past few months with all their trials, sorrows, 
upheavals and lack of normalcy, it may seem to many like there is little to nothing worth giving thanks for. And for those who choose to live apart lives apart from Christ and the forgiveness he has given, that may be so. But not for you and I as children of God. With, we give him thanks this day that we have heard the words, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen.